glad that everyone is out this morning. It's good to be with you all. You know, it's sort of interesting when you're trying to come up with ideas for sermons. Sometimes it seems like you can't find things you need to talk about, topics to talk about, and then sometimes they just show up. I'm thankful I have my in-laws with us here this week. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, when we're baptized, we have to change. We can't continue living the way that we used to live. We have to live like a new man, as Joseph just read for us. The old man is put to death. And there are very few people, I think, that would deny that, that you can't keep living the way that you used to live. There are, sadly, an untold number of people today who are not Christians because they understand that fact, that if they become a Christian, they have to change. They have to give up doing what they know is wrong, and they're not willing to make that sacrifice. They don't want to stop drinking or smoking or getting out of an adulterous marriage. They don't want to do that. They don't want to stop using foul language. The list could go on and on, but they have to die, and you have to live like a new person. And they want to keep doing that. And rather than becoming a Christian and quitting, they just refuse to be converted so they can continue living in their sins. And those of us who have become Christians, we focus a lot on being different. We watch our tongue now, for example. We don't watch what we used to watch. We don't go where we used to go. We don't do the things we used to do. We're on guard, and rightfully so, about being different in the way that we live. Because we know that what we've done in the past isn't what we should do, and we don't want to do that anymore. We want to be a new man, a new person. There's one area, though, that I think we don't give a lot of attention to. Would you turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3? Colossians chapter 3. When we become a Christian, we're on guard, and rightly so, to avoid doing anything sinful that we might have done in the past. We're deliberate and intentional at being different than we used to be. But there's one area that may have slipped through the cracks, and I want to talk with you about that this morning. Colossians chapter 3, beginning of verse 8. Colossians 3, beginning of verse 8. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Do you notice... What Paul says changes in this passage when we become a new man, how we treat others. How we treat others has to change. Our interaction with others cannot continue as it used to be before we became Christians. It has to change. God is clear about that. And so this morning, I want to suggest to you that becoming the new man changes our relationship with others. Yet how many of us focus on this with the same intensity we do regarding other things that have to change? Are we as careful about how we treat others as we would, say, going to the same kind of establishments 
we used to frequent and engaging in the same kind of behaviors we used to engage in before we became Christians? I'm afraid the answer is no. And if we're not focusing on our relationship with others and how we treat others, then I'm going to tell you this morning that we're not the new man that God desires us to be. And so let's look at the instruction that Paul gives us here in this passage so that we can make sure that we've changed and we are the person that God wants us to be as Christians. First off, Paul tells us that when we become a new man, there has to be a conscientious decision made to stop treating others the way that we used to treat them. It has to be a conscious decision. It has to be intentional. There are a couple Greek words that are used in this passage, and both of them are translated put off. The first there is in verse 8. Now you yourselves are to put off all of these. Strong defines the word, the Greek word that is translated put off here, is to be to put away, literally or figuratively, to cast off, to lay apart, to put away. Is the idea here of being clothed and what you do with your clothing. You take off your clothing. You cast it off. You put it off. You take off a garment. In Acts chapter 7, verse 58, this word is used. Whoop. In Acts chapter 7, verse 58, this word is used uh, in verse uh, 58 of Acts chapter 7 when they're stoning Stephen and they're taking off their garments. And they cast him out of the city, being Stephen, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down or put off their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. They took those garments and they didn't want them then, and they put them at the feet of Saul. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, um, we read, uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside... That, Greek word that's translated put off in Colossians 3. Put aside here, it says, or lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily ensnare us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We're to take these things that would distract us from serving God and lay them aside. We're to take these old ways that we used to treat others and we're to put them aside intentionally. We're to put them aside, take them off, put them off. In verse 9, this word is translated again. Here we see here, since you've put off the old man. Another Greek word that's translated put off. And Strong defines this word as to divest wholly oneself. To despoil, to put off, or to spoil. To be completely rid of something. To have no use for it anymore is the idea here. We see it in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. It's translated disarm here. Christ, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Christ had no use for these. He, these are to be totally divested and despoiled. And so we see here that we are to be intentional. We're to be done with these old ways that we used to live, specifically in this context and how we used to treat people. We're going to put them off like we would a set of dirty clothes. We're done with those things. We want to get those clothes off. Now, there are sometimes when you take off your clothes when you intend to wear that garment again. Maybe you put it on for a couple hours and you're taking it off at night. You, think, you know what? I could wear that again. That's not dirty. I'll take that up again. But there are sometimes you take off your clothes when you don't want to put them on again. Maybe you got them really dirty doing something and they're, 
they're soiled and they're, they're not of use to you anymore. You take those off. That needs to be how it is with us. We need to be completely done with the way that we've acted. Never pick it up again. In every aspect of our life, but specifically this morning and how we treated others in the past. We need to think about how we've hurt others in the past by the way that we've acted. Think about how other people acting to us this way has hurt us and be completely finished with that way of life. What are we putting off? What are we putting off? Paul tells us here in Colossians chapter 3 what we're putting off. He says we're going to put off anger and malice. Anger, I'm sorry, anger and wrath. Anger and wrath aren't necessarily sins. You remember Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26. It says, be angry and do not sin. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. It's not wrong to be angry. It's not wrong to have wrath. But he's telling us here in Colossians chapter 3 that we can't let our anger and our wrath go unchecked. It has to be under control. As a new man, I have to deal with my anger and my wrath. I have to resolve the anger that I might have in a way that God would have me to resolve it. I won't let it fester. I won't let it take root and develop into other bad attitudes and actions as a new man. I'm going to put off this unchecked and uncontrolled anger and wrath as a new man. I'm going to also be careful about how I treat others, how I act towards others. I'm going to get rid of, for example, malice. Malice is the intention or desire to do evil or to harm. And we have all known people who have acted with malice before. And we have acted probably with malice towards others before. Where not only was I angry and mad and upset, but I had malice where I wanted to harm and I wanted to hurt. The desire to treat one poorly if the situation presents itself. That's malice. We've had that before, haven't we? Where I would hurt someone if I had the, uh, the opportunity I can't have that attribute in my life as a new man. I've got to get rid of it. I've got to put it off like I would a piece of dirty clothing. Put off malice. I'm also going to say, put off, it says here, blasphemy. I'm going to put off blasphemy. Now, other translations translate this Greek word as railing or slander. It's the idea of saying things that I shouldn't speaking about them or toward them in ways that I shouldn't. And that fits the context here, doesn't it? As we talk about how we deal with other people, I'm going to put off blasphemy or railing or slander. I'm not going to talk about people the way that I used to. I'm not going to speak poorly of them to others. I'm not going to go around running them down. I'm not going to lash out at them when I'm talking to them. I'm going to put these things aside as the new man. I'm also going to put off something else. Filthy language out of your mouth. When we use language that we shouldn't, it harms other people. Speaking shamefully. Maybe I use some words that I shouldn't about someone or to someone speaking in ways that I shouldn't. 
and I harm, and I do damage with the words of my mouth. I'm going to put these things aside. This is a conscious decision. And he goes on, he says, we're not going to lie to one another. When we lie to others, we show how we feel about them, don't we? When we don't speak the truth. Rather than speaking the truth as we should, we speak lies and falsehoods, showing that we don't love them like we should. Notice that we are to do this because we have put off the old man and his deeds. This is how the old man acts. This cannot be how a Christian acts. Now someone might say, well, you know, that's just me. I just have a hot temper. I, 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 ha I just run off at the mouth. You know, I say, I say what's on my mind. That's just me. I can't hide it. You know, I can't put on a, I can't put on a show. I can't fake it. That's just how I am. I just speak my mind. And things get on my nerves, and I have to let people know, and that's just how I am. That might have been how you were. That shouldn't be how you are. We have to make a decision to put off the old man, to get rid of those things in our lives and be different because we've put on the new man. And so we have to be better. We have to be different. We have to make a conscious decision to stop treating other people the way that we used to. And Paul goes on, though, and he says we have to make a conscious decision to start treating other people the way that we should, back in our context again. Again, we'll see the idea of clothing being presented here, that we are to put on, it says, tender mercies. Put on tender mercies. Strong's defines this Greek word as being in the sense of sinking into a garment, to invest with clothing, literally or figuratively, to array or clothe. We see this word, verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. What you shall put on, same Greek word. Don't worry about what you're going to put on for clothing, Jesus said. That's the Greek word. And so Paul tells us here, that we need to put on, sort of like we would with getting dressed, the attributes of the new man. You know, Jesus said that, taking, that putting on clothing requires some thought. It's deliberate. And it's deliberate for you when you get dressed, isn't it, in the morning? What are you going to get put on? You've got to think about that, don't you? You've got to make a decision. Now, probably there's some wives here who think that men don't, give a lot of thought to that when we come out dressed in ways that are not attractive. But you got to put some thought into it, don't you? you got to think about what you're going to wear. So it is with our spiritual life. We need to be thinking about what we're going to clothe ourselves with spiritually every day. What attributes am I going to have in my life? I've got to be thinking about that. And I, granted, don't go clothes shopping very often, but when I do, I invariably find garments that are incredibly ridiculous, that I can't imagine anyone thinking they should put that on. How embarrassing it would be to go out in public dressed that way. I want to tell you it's the same for us spiritually. We ought to be embarrassed when we don't put on what God wants us to put on as the new man. 
when we're not living the way that we should, we ought to be embarrassed by that. Specifically when we think about how we treat others this morning. I want to tell you, when we're not treating others like we should, we ought to be embarrassed. It's like the person leaving the clothing store with that ridiculous, ugly shirt on. That's how I look when I'm not dressed like God would have me to dress and how I treat others. And I have treated others in ways that are embarrassing. And maybe you have too. When we think about getting dressed, what's the biggest determining factor? It's what you're getting ready to do, isn't it? Are you going to stay home or are you going out? Are you relaxing or are you getting ready to do some work? Are you going to be around others or are you just going to be at home with the family? That determines a lot about how you're going to dress. So it is with us spiritually. We're getting ready to treat people a certain way. We need to make sure that we're dressing accordingly. So what are the traits that we need to be putting on, would Paul say here, in our treatment of others? He says, first off, we need to put on tender mercies. Other translations may translate this word compassion. We need to treat others with mercy or compassion. That's how God has treated us, isn't it? God showed us mercy and compassion, and we need to show mercy and compassion on others. And remember, as Grant reminded us this morning, that God showed us mercy and compassion when we weren't what we should be, when we didn't deserve mercy and compassion, when we were in the wrong, when we should have been condemned, God showed us mercy and compassion. And so it has to be with us. We should show mercy and compassion on folks who aren't what they should be. Folks who aren't treating us like they should treat us. Folks who are difficult, we need to show them mercy and compassion. We have to have this attitude. Tender mercies. We also need to have the attitude of humility. The attitude of humility. Pride is the enemy to us treating others the way that we should. Pride is our enemy in many ways, but especially in how we treat others. When I them like I think I'm better than they are. When I think that I'm smarter or wiser or better than others, it's going to show in the way that I treat others. It's true in my regards to my spirituality. If I think I'm a better Christian than someone, if I think I'm more devoted than someone else, if I think I'm more studied than someone else, it's going to show in the way that I treat others. If I begin to think that I'm better than you are as a Christian or as a person, then I'm going to treat you the way that I think. I can't treat you the way that I should unless I'm humble. I must put on hum humility. I've got to make a conscious decision that I'm going to be humble and I'm going to put these prideful thoughts out of my mind. Another way that I'm going to think about you and think about others if I'm going to be the new man is I'm going to have to have long suffering. I'm going to have to bear with one another. It's the idea of forbearance or Strong says this Greek word indicates fortitude. Forbearance or fortitude. You ever thought about that and how you deal with others that you got to have fortitude? 
Now, we would use the word fortitude in other aspects of life. We might think about the soldier in the trenches as someone who needs to have fortitude. We might think about the guy running the marathon as he's got to have fortitude. Or the person who's going to climb Mount Everest has got to have fortitude to do that. How about as we deal with one another? Would you ever think about that? You've got to have fortitude or patience or endurance. You've got to have to put up with things that aren't pleasant. The guy running the marathon be easy up with a lot of things that aren't pleasant. As we deal with others, it's not always going to be easy. They're going to try our patience. We're going to have to have strength and determination that we're going to be patient with them and treat them the way that we should. And so when I put on the new man, it's going to change the way that I think about others. I'm going to have to have mercy, kinder mercies or compassion. I'm going to have to have humility. I'm going to have to have long suffering. But it's also going to change the way that I act towards others, not just how I think, but how I act. I'm going to have to, first off, Act with kindness. I'm going to have to act with kindness. Turn your Bibles to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3 to learn maybe the best way to know, understand what kindness is. Let's look at where it's used in Titus chapter 3. Look at Titus chapter 3 verse 2 beginning. Titus chapter 3 verse 2. To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness to all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness, there that word is, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Kindness. This is what we're trying to imitate in our life. Doing good to others. Are we kind? To others? Are we looking to do them good? Are we looking for opportunities to be kind, to do good, regardless of how they may treat us? We've got to be kind, Paul says. We've got to put that on. He also tells us that we have to put on meekness as we deal with others, as we act towards others. Meekness or gentleness. Are we concerned about the other's well-being and how we treat them? Are we Careful to treat them in ways that are edifying and might be a challenge. It might be more challenging with others than it is with, with some. We've got to be careful in how we deal with others. And Paul tells us, finally, that we need to forgive one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you must also do. Are we willing to forgive? The new person, the new man has to be willing to forgive regardless of how we've been treated, regardless of how much that treatment hurt, regardless of how many times the person has done the same thing, regardless of whether or not we think they might do it again in the future, regardless of whether or not we think they should know better by this point, we must be willing to forgive. Because Christ has forgiven us when we should have known better. 
when we hurt him, when we did it again and again, Christ forgave us. We need to be willing to forgive. And all things, it says, above all things, put on love. This summarizes how the new man should behave towards others, doesn't it? Our attitude and our action towards others should be motivated and directed by love. And this is not some warm, fuzzy love feeling. This is agape love. This is the love that seeks the best interest of others. The kind of love that God has for us. The kind of love that we should have towards others as we put on the new man. This should permeate our life because we are driven and directed by our love for others. That's what the new man does. The old man is put off and the ways that we thought about others and the way that we treated others is put off like a set of dirty clothes. We don't want any more to do with that. And then we look for these new characteristics to clothe ourselves in so that we can treat others, have the right attitudes and actions towards others to be pleasing to God. And finally, this morning, I want to tell you that this new man that we're trying to be is a new man that is created after his image. Back in Colossians chapter 3, verse 18, 8 through 14 again, that we're doing this, we're being renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Our goal in all of this is to be like Christ. We're to be created after his image. Isn't that what being a Christian is specifically this morning in the way that we deal with others? Can this be said of us? Could it be said of us that we are treating other people like Christ treated others? Are we treating other people like Christ treats us? We're to be clothing ourselves with these characteristics. And if we haven't been, we need to change. What about you this morning? Are you a new man? Are you living the way that you should? Are you treating others the way that you should? Can others see you looking like Christ in every aspect of your life? If you're not a new man, if you haven't become a Christian, there's no better time than right now to become one. Or if you're a Christian and you haven't put on those clothes that you should put on yet, can we help you to be better and to be more like God would have you to be? If there's any way we can help you, let us know while we stand and sing.